Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for riding along today. I apologize for the background noise. I am driving and it is pouring rain. So we're just going to have to deal with the circumstances and the environment we are in and make the best of it. Hopefully it won't be too distracting for you. Um, I would love to be at home in some dedicated studio covered in soundproofing material. And like this is what I will do all day is record podcasts and study and write. But you know what? That's not real life. <laughs> this is real life. So let's use what we have. You can um, check us out online at pathdesign.com. Download the Podbean app to put on your device so that you can always be notified of new con uh, content and listen at your discretion. Um, this morning, I just wanted to record a few things as the rain beats the windshield as I drive under these huge trees. Um, the days of awe. If, if you are just, <laughs> well, what do we want to say, a normal Christian, you've probably heard maybe a sermon or two in your lifetime about this this time period um, for the children of God in the Old Testament. It's of course recorded in Exodus. Um, and that's maybe all you know. It's just, well, it's just some historical thing that has no relevance today. Um, we don't observe it. We don't celebrate it. We don't honor it in any way it's just something that we maybe perhaps heard about a little bit throughout the course of our life but in our household um, you know this if you listen to this program in in our household the re the rediscovering of the ancient way unbeknownst to us is is going back to feasts and sabbath um It's hard to, to just pick and choose what components of that to share about every time I turn on this recording, every single thing, every topic, everything, like the church, the New Testament reality, everything post-Yeshua Jesus, it all points back. Every single bit of it is, is, the, is the perpetual timeline of Yahweh God. There is, no, there is nothing new. <laughs> I mean... It's endless. And so everything is inter, intertwined and, and intimately interconnected with, with what has always been. And so it's hard to not always go back. And that's kind of what we do here is we, we take every single biblical principle, teaching, and doctrine and look at the fullness of it within the entirety of the Word of God, beginning to end. And so specifically today... In the days of all is when we're, I'm recording this today, our household is, is observing this, of, of being mindful of, of what it has meant and now means today for the people of God, including this days of all reality of introspection, of looking upon one's life, examining one's behavior, heart's posture, heart's motive, wrongs towards others, towards ourselves, and towards the Father. There's a lot to tend to. 
in these days. Specifically this morning I was reading Leviticus 16 and it's just talking about specifically the activities of the high priest of the day leading up to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which is in mere days, which is just so remarkable. And like if we just gave just mere moments of our day to think about these things, to remember what in the world was going on in the, in the time period when the temple was set up on the earth. And again, as it always bears mentioning now, we Christian Americans, for the majority, are just, well, we're in Jesus now. Why would we want to reminisce about a mere shadow? Why would we want to talk about what was merely a shadow? Paul said that these things, you know, you know the arguments. You've probably said them yourself. I have. But in the just casting off, just kind of, uh, those things were only a foreshadow of the real. And hey, man, I'm in the real. I'm in Jesus. We miss we miss the fullness. <laughs> Yeshua Jesus never came to replace and establish a new religion, of course. He was only the fulfillment of what had already been and was intended to remain and to continue. Well, why? Because that was his whole purpose. That was his whole plan was to purchase all of mankind like we just talked about ironically enough in the last episode when in Romans I believe it's chapter 8 Paul was talking about the the gift that came through Yeshua Messiah that opened up the entire world of redemption to both Jew and Gentile the awesome event that was the purchasing of the right for all mankind to know God and so let's let's keep that in the background of our thinking as we even talk today briefly about Leviticus chapter 16 and the activities of the high priest. Now, this time of year, I mean, and here's what I want to try to get across. Lord, help me, please. I would like to make this a much more in-depth, like, biblical study where I read scriptures and, and really elaborate. I don't have time for that right now. And so I want to at least, while, while something is kind of in the fire of my heart, get something recorded now to at least have what the what the spirit is stirring in me today in this moment so that if nothing else we capture that may the lord speak to all of us myself included my wife and i had an awesome dialogue this morning in our time um, with just our small family of talking about this reality of the great high priest and all that he went through in that age of the preparations for yom kippur atonement and it was the day, the highest holy day on the calendar of the Creator. The highest holy day. The marked day, the distinct day, the day where the high priest would go in on behalf of all of the people of Israel and, and beseech, man, just imagine, he would go in before the Elohim of Elohims. Yahweh, eternal, in the presence of the Creator, and make intercession for the people. And, and here's the biggest thing. I just want to get to this right away so that we don't miss what is just right here in my heart, just gushing out. As we, as we give ourselves, and if this is not you, I want to challenge you to put this 
this cap of thought on for mere moments, won't you please consider? Because I know many people who listen to this broadcast are just in 2020 modern day Christianity. We're literally ignorant of the feasts and of Sabbath. We have been taught a doctrine that says all of those things were done away with in Jesus and they were all just a mere shadow lesser and have no relevance today. I'm aware of that. That's, a, that's the most commonplace Christian American thought process that, that is permeating the church. I understand that. That was 46 almost years of my entire life was believing that. I, I get it. I get it. But here I am on the other side of something just a gift of God, the revelation of, of the, of the <laughs> immensity of the gospel that started all the way back at creation. Not in Acts chapter 2. Not when Yeshua Jesus came, birthed in a manger at Magdal Edar where the, where the sacrificial lambs were set apart and distinct. Didn't begin there. There's this ongoing saga of God meeting man calling men of faith unto himself to reveal his name and reveal his very being to anyone who whose heart is towards him this pattern is incredible his pattern of patience and loving kindness and goodness towards mankind but the thing I want to really drive home to us this morning today whenever you listen to this is the functions of the high priest during this time of year especially and 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 if you can bear with my kind of bumbling around to explain this appropriately the duality of the function of the high priest within the imagery of of the high priest specifically because we know the high priest in the temple, in the natural temple, in the physical reality, in Leviticus, was a, yes, was a foreshadow of the capital G, capital H, great high priest. Capital G, capital H, P. <laughs> the great high priest, the son who came to perfectly execute the will of the Father in absolute perfection in a flawless, sinless, natural man body, the perfect God-man Emmanuel. Yes, it was a foreshadow. It was a, a foretaste of, of what would be fulfilled in Messiah. Yes, of course. Amen. Yes. There's one great high priest, one, and forever will be. But we know that he was what? He was the forerunner. He was the firstborn. He was the first fruits, being Yeshua, Jesus, the Son. He was, he was, and I, I use this word with such caution and reverence and holiness. And you, if you don't listen to what I'm saying clearly, you will miss what I'm saying, and you will write me off as heretical. But Yeshua, Jesus, was merely. Okay, and here's the thing: like right now, you can check out. Oh, are you, are you lowering? Are you lowering the Messiah when you say the word merely? But listen, his entire purpose was to purchase for you and me the right and the opportunity to become a royal priesthood, a chosen nation. Priests, 
kings. Us, we, who are what? In the likeness of the Messiah, walking as he walked, literally being now exactly what he was in flesh and bone. Same example, same foreshadowing reality. The high priest in the natural, in the temple days, was a representation of Yeshua the Messiah who would come and did in fact come and perfectly fulfill the requirements of the high priest to perfection. And then, what? He was equally the foreshadow, forerunner, example for what? For us. Now. Here. Today. To what? To be functioning as a priest. Going in before the Lord. Worshiping at His holy hill. Offering what? Living sacrifices. Praise and offerings. A life of, of denying ourselves. Being suffering servants ourselves. To what? To be found as a pleasing aroma unto the Father. Do you understand the fullness of what I'm saying? We cannot in any way divorce the high priest reality without missing the reality of what it's meant to be for us in the here and now. If we forsake that, in I mean in application now, in literal application, not merely metaphor, but I mean if we do not live the same with the same tenacity and soberness about what? Being holy and consecrated and set apart so that we ourselves can bring ourselves and we can bring our children and we can bring our entire households and we can bring a congregation and we can bring what? A people into the holy presence of Yahweh God eternal just like the high priest used to do in the, day, in the days of Leviticus and just like Yeshua the king did in absolute perfection at the end of his life. Do you understand the enormity of what I'm saying and presenting today? I hope in measure I'm getting it across in any way whatsoever. It's way larger than my mind can get to my tongue and loose. But I want to, okay, so let's do this to give you a little bit of a, let's go another level, shall we? Imagine right now, and man, oh Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help us to understand the, the immensity of what I'm about to say. Imagine, friend, right now, you. Imagine that you are the high priest in Leviticus chapter 16. In the, in the, the following, in the pattern. <laughs> oh, man. Following in the pattern of Aaron, the high priest. And you know, it's just been Yom Teruah. The trumpets have blasted. The understanding was that the books were opened. And, and man, you need to make sure your heart is right. Just like Yeshua taught. It's the same. This was no mere ritual. This was the then version of the now. Everything in the Old Testament, God was looking at the heart he was looking at the heart then like he's looking at the heart now. Why was David God's man, if you will? This is a man whose heart is after me. 
He's after me. He's pursuing me. We're told then that God's heart, God's eyes rather, are roaming the earth. What? Looking for those whose hearts are towards him. He looked for that in Leviticus and he looks for it now. We're no better than that. We're no different than those who have preceded us. And so imagine, if you will, that you are the high priest in Leviticus. And you have just celebrated Yom Teruah. We've, you've blasted the shofar with the congregation. We've declared the voice, the utterance of Adonai, our victor. The Lord has ascended by the sound, the voice of the shofar blast. Holy cow, I mean, we could spend days talking about that. And you move into the days of all, of introspection and purification and mikvah reality, which is the washing and cleansing, immersion, baptism of your physical, natural body, of a washing, of a cleansing. We talked about the other day how on Rosh Hashanah they would go to the water gate. It is recorded in Nehemiah where Ezra, the Torah scroll reader, the Torah teacher, would go at the water gate and people would stand all day long listening to the law of Moses being read in the court. And they would cast bread upon the water. And they would shake out the hems of their garments and get all the dirt off. They would be clean. Why? They wanted to make sure they were pure before the righteous holy God. And friends, I'm just telling you with the greatest conviction I know to have in my heart right now, the church of 2020 in Christian America has very, very little understanding of the principle of being clean before the holy God. We have lost the understanding of being clean before Yahweh Elohim. We have become who Shaul Paul warned us that we would become, which is squanderers of the grace of God. Man, I'm in Jesus, brother. Don't you? There's no condemnation in Jesus. Don't you dare make me feel guilty or feel bad about anything I've ever done. Man, I'm telling you, when you study the people of Israel and the way that they functioned, every single feast and festival was an introspection of cleaning out the mess and dirt and junk in one's life. A constant retrospection of anything that would pollute them and present themselves unclean before the Holy King. And I'm telling you, we have lost that in this church age. We have lost being holy as He is holy. Why? Because we have been convinced we are just the New Testament church in Jesus and we don't need all of that stuff. That's just hollow ritual, man. I don't need to do anything because then it's just works and you can't earn salvation by works. But again, for the one millionth time, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about sanctification. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about being set apart, distinct, and righteous in the eyes of a righteous God. So again, imagine, if you will, that right now you are a high priest in Leviticus chapter 16. And you know that in mere days you are going to walk in in your physical man that your feet will walk into the most holy place. 
where Yahweh God dwells, y'all. Can you imagine the scrutiny that you will put yourself within and under? I mean, seriously. Why is there a rope tied to your ankle? Because if you go in unclean, man, you're coming out dragged by a rope. You are done. Why? You cannot stand in a holy place. Oh, my goodness. You can't even stand before a righteous God. So imagine that that is you. And I'm just going to say, do you live like that now? Do we live like that now? Because here's the argument, right? From modern day Christian America, who has divorced themselves from the laws of God and the feasts and Sabbath. That's just for the Jews and I'm not Jewish. The problem is when we've divorced ourselves from living accordingly as the called out set apart ecclesia of God, keeping the called out feasts of the Lord for his called out chosen royal priesthood people, we have forsaken and forgotten and entirely missed the sobering reality that now we're not just in the grace of, of, of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus. And so we don't have to be so hard on ourselves anymore. We're in the grace. It's all done. It's all under the blood, right? It's covered in the blood. I'm free, Joel. I'm free. I'm in the blood. But here's the problem. We have prostituted the blood. We've taken advantage of the blood. We have said the cross of Jesus, the cross of the King, of the Messiah, you know what? He's done everything. I don't have to do anything. Jesus paid it all. I'm in Jesus, Joel. And we've squandered the whole purpose of the cross, which was to empower us to now be a royal priesthood who are carrying out the feasts and festivals of the Lord, always presenting ourselves with great soberness of how in the world can I be a living sacrifice, putting off my flesh, making sure to absolute, absolute a com a confidence and assurance the best I can that I myself am clean before the most holy God. The imagery is endless with this. Do we approach Yahweh Elohim the same way that the high priest did in the days of Leviticus? No, we do not. We don't. If you think you do, I would probably love a discussion with you. We yawn during worship. We daydream during the reading of the scriptures. We allow our children to slouch and sit and doodle and daydream themselves or play video games while we worship the God of all gods. We check out. We're casual. We read stories about what happened to people who carried the ark and, and inappropriately touched it and fell down dead. We read accounts of people who lied to the Holy Spirit and fell down dead in the New Testament. And we just yawn. Friends, can we just be honest and hard on ourselves and say we do not rightly hold up and exalt 
the presence of the most holy God? We don't. I don't. And I have a pretty sober understanding of the presence of the Lord. But do we metaphorically and maybe even sometimes literally take off the sandals of our feet and say, Man, I'm on holy ground. I'm on holy ground, friend. I'm in the presence of the King. So today, may we go back and glean from Leviticus about this high priest role during the days of all as he practiced. He practiced and he practiced and he practiced. Why? I have got to get this right. I've got to be holy. Why? Not just for himself, of course, for the sake of his own life and for the people. He knew the people were dependent upon his level of cleanliness before the Lord. Right? This is no mere me and Jesus episode talking about how, well, you better be right before God or he's going to zap you dead. No. The broader understanding of this, my household needs me clean. The congregation I'm a part of needs me clean. Anyone that I have any ounce of influence alongside and over needs me clean. Why? I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a part of a chosen nation, man. I'm a set-apart, consecrated member of a people who are dependent upon my condition to also be led into holiness. Just like the high priest, man. Just like the high priest. It's not merely about a function. Because imagine that, right? There were men who surely wanted to be high priests. There are people today, they want to be pastors, leaders, teachers, evangelists, prophets. They want to be somebody. But they don't want the cost. They don't want the cost. I know pastors, leaders right now, who people, I've heard other people in the congregation say, man, if I could only talk like this guy or have a microphone like this guy, I wish it was more balanced. I wish it was more this. And I wrestle with that myself. I have a million and one things to say, to preach, to teach. But do we equally want the cost that I see these men give themselves to? Getting up at 3 and 4 in the morning and praying and interceding for the people? Fasting for days and weeks on end? Denying themselves? Giving their lives away to serve God's people? Oh, well, we, ah, I don't know about that now. I don't know about that. Well, think about the high priest role, won't you? Think about the cost. Think about the cost, and we'll bring this to a close. Insert that into your New Testament Christian living, friend. If you want the perks, if you will, which is such a horrible, low description of, of what we're even saying, but for understanding's sake, the perks of being a high priest in the King Yeshua, the high priest today. You want to be a priest? How in the world can you think you don't have to do anything? How in the world can you think there's no great cost necessary to be pleasing and right and holy and clean before the Father? Man, the same principle is not just the same. It's even greater. It's even greater, man. Now, my body, I'm told... My body is now the temple. 
My body is now the temple. Do you understand this? I don't, but it's true. Our body is now the temple of the living God. Everything I see, everything I hear, everything I meditate on in my heart and in my mind, I am the temple. That's why these days of all matter. I need cleaned. I need washed. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm redeemed. I'm purchased. I'm born again. Yes. But I get dirty. I get unclean. I get tainted. And man, I want to be like the high priest, man. Every day of my life, I want to be like that. I want to be distinct. I want to be set apart. I want to be consecrated. I want to be clean before my king. So friends, today, please think about this. Read chapter 16 of Leviticus. Read all of that stuff about Yom Teruah, the days of all, and Rosh Hashanah. Let's study and show ourselves approved. Let's learn. Let's give ourselves to these deep truths. You're listening to the Path to Zion podcast where we're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for listening today. Send us an email, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, share these videos. Well, this isn't a video, is it? Share these, won't you? I'm telling you, if just a handful of people shared these episodes with friends and family, we can get the word out of the ancient way to so many more people so easily in this hour. Please consider helping us to spread the word. You've been listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Have a blessed day. Amen.